Hey guys, Ian Fernando here, and we have another special guest here on the Philly Business Conversation. And I've known Ruben for quite some time now, and I've actually enjoyed watching his progress from an affiliate into multiple assets or uh, properties that, that he's had and taking his skill set as a marketer and then divulge into multiple things. So today's topic, basically how to become an affiliate and how to reinvest those uh, revenue into other aspects of business. I know for myself, I made the mistakes of flaunting and buying cars. I've had four cars in my life, in my career. I've had a house and then I just basically threw that stuff away because I was like, oh, other affiliates have a car, I'm gonna buy a car too. Another affiliate had a Porsche, I'm gonna buy the 911, right? Somebody has a Lambo, let me get a Ferrari. And I think uh, now as I've gotten older, I've, I'm trying to, you know, move my money properly. Um, and this is the reason why the uh, topic of conversation is going to come up. And Ruben has done such a great way what he's been doing with the agency. And more recently, I've seen you do uh, real estate, right? Awesome. Yeah, for sure. You, you know, what's crazy, Ian, is that like, you know, uh, um, uh, growing into the affiliate marketing industry, like you're the guy that I would always study all the time. You know, like you had your blog, you would always update all the time where like I, when I discovered this whole entire industry back in 2008, I just became obsessed about it. Like uh, an affiliate network hired me on as an affiliate manager. I had no idea this industry even existed or anything like that. And just started going the list of like, who are the affiliates that were a part of that affiliate network and started looking like, man, there's these guys that are making like a quarter million dollars a month. And like, I try to talk to them and try to get them to run a link uh, to an affiliate link on this affiliate network. I don't even know what the affiliate link was or anything, but I like knew it was like, I got to get them to run this link. And uh, the, I would talk to them maybe once a month and we'd send them a quarter million dollar check like every month. There's like thousands of these affiliates. So when I first got introduced in 2008, like I just became obsessed. I said, who are the big players in this industry? Like, I want to know who they are. I want to become friends with them. And you're, you're the big player in the industry that I saw. And when I started researching, like who are the big guys, wickedfire.com and everything. Oh, man. Like, who are the guys that are on here and everything. And your name kept on popping up. So I'd always follow all your blog posts and everything. So for us to be here now, what, man, like, yeah, 12 years later is like, yeah, that's crazy, so great. man. It's so time, crazy. time definitely flies yeah. for sure. You know, yeah. Mean, you're just giving me memories like Digital Point, uh, Warrior yeah. Forum, Wicked Fire. I mean, there's so many places how, how I've learned, and you know, I appreciate that, man. I mean, I definitely, I, I definitely still think I am one of the biggest or one of the old, oldest, sure. but probably yeah. not the biggest affiliate anymore. Affiliate anymore because I've definitely spent my money, mm -hmm. and I know now a new affiliate in this day and age that we live in now, people are much much smarter with their money. So oh, sure. let's yep. uh, let's talk about you a little bit. You know what I mean? Um, tell us how you started in the affiliate industry, and let's get into your ad agency because it, it does being an affiliate does break off into the agency model a little bit because I do sometimes freelance on and off and consult other ad agencies as well. So it does kind of combine with each other in a bit. But let's let's start there. How do you become an affiliate? Sure. Why? And let's go there. Yeah, so it's kind of crazy. Uh, it was back in 2008, I got introduced to this industry. Uh, but, it, you know, I don't think that anything happens uh, by chance. I always think everything happens for a reason. There's always a reason for everything. So back in 2008, I was doing real estate and mortgages, living on 100% commissions. 
uh, selling across the kitchen table face to face. And uh, 2008 happened in the US, which was like the biggest meltdown of mortgages and real estate at that time. So all of my clients dried up and I had about 300 bucks in my pocket because like, like you, I was over there spending it on stupid stuff and like, you know, the money would come in and it would go out just as quick too. I wasn't saving any of it or investing any of it or anything like that. So I was, um, I had about 300 bucks in my pocket when the girl I was going out with for about three or four months tells me that she's pregnant with my son. So I'm like, all right, great. I got a son on the way. I got 300 bucks in my pocket and I have no idea where this next commission checks is going to come from because we're going through 2008, the biggest recession in US at that time. Um, and I don't even know where my clients are going to come from at this point. So I said, man, I got to go and look for a job. All of my friends always said, like, never sell your time for money, you know, like never get a job, you know, working for yourself for like four or five years. Uh, you kind of hang your hat on that. I said, but man, I got a kid on the way and 300 bucks in my pocket. I need a paycheck quick. So I looked on Craigslist and found this uh, company, which was an affiliate network. I didn't even know what an affiliate network was. I, I was didn't even know. Network. I didn't even know like uh, affiliate network posted on Craigslist. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just like, and I'm here in Silicon Valley, San Jose, California. So very rarely there's affiliate networks here in San Jose, California, even though it's Silicon Valley, the home of uh, the heart of technology and everything too. So I saw that Craigslist ad of $30,000 salary and commissions to be an affiliate manager. I didn't know what it was. I was like, I just need a paycheck right away. So got into it as an affiliate manager and then started just dialing these affiliates and trying to get them to run these links that I had no idea what the offers were or anything like that. It was, now that I look back at it, it was like Wu Yi T kind of like- I remember pushing that. I know the first reveal actually, first reveal I pushed. And it's crazy too, because like all of a sudden I started seeing these affiliates that like I would try to talk to them. They're always traveling all the time. They're like, hey, just send me the link. I got to go. I'm hopping on a plane to go to South America right now. Like just send me the link and I'll implement it. And I was like, man, this guy's always traveling every time I talk to him. And we're sending him like quarter million dollar checks every month. And there's thousands of these affiliates that are doing it. It's like, man, what is going on here? So I became obsessed and that's where I was like just studying everything, researching everything about internet marketing, affiliate marketing. That's when I found Ian Fernando's uh, <laughs> blog on there of like, man, what is this guy doing and everything. And just like I started researching like the Jonathan Volks of the world and everything yeah. back in the day of all that stuff. And then Dr. No, Charles No stuff and everything. So I became obsessed about it for years. And then it finally came to the point when like you're you're either going to learn and implement or you're just going to be a lifelong learner all the time and not implement anything. So like, man, I'm learning all this stuff, but I got to actually implement it. Uh, so I was working that job, you know, making six figures. And then when I would go home from like six o'clock until like nine o'clock, be working on it, put my son to bed. And then from like nine o'clock on until like two o'clock in the morning, work on it some more and then wake up and do it all over again, like four hours. So after doing that for like two years, the job I was working at eventually caught on and was like, hey, we know your, your work is starting to slack and uh, we're gonna have to let you go, which is the biggest thing and the best thing that happened to me because all of a sudden the net just kind of got uh, swiped under me and I no longer had anything to fall back on. Now I had to go full force into just affiliate marketing and internet marketing and just do it 100%. So once that happened, I was like, all right, I'm going to go all in on this and I'm going to just go and do it. And I started with like 300 bucks in my pocket, but I had all these affiliate friends that I knew already that I, because I became obsessed with the industry that I made friends with everybody that was in the industry, whether they're affiliates of ours or not, 
I would still make friends with them. But I also knew the advertisers on the advertiser side too. So all of them became friends as well. So once I left, they said like, hey, where did you go? You you were like the one that informed me all the time. And so did the my affiliate friends are like, hey, if you're able to put something together, then like we'll run something for you. So I got started in affiliate marketing um, like that of actually doing it myself, just being the broker of like, hey, we're, I'm going to be the broker until I get enough cash flow that I can actually run my own campaigns and doing that. Yeah. So I became the broker of like kind of the middleman of I knew the advertisers, my affiliate friends, we get paid on net 45 from the advertiser. And then I would pay my friends on net 45. So it's just switching money back and forth and just taking a small percentage until eventually building up the cash flow enough and developing out our own technology where we can say, you know what, we can do this all ourselves. So I started investing more into, into teammates and started bringing on more teammates. And that was a scary thing because we're doing okay already and like making more money than I was making at the job just by myself and uh, with a couple of friends that were also on board with the team. But I, I was kind of like, why am I going to invest into bringing on more people? It's more responsibility, more liability. And man, I got a son already. That's enough responsibility <laughs> for me. But like having more people part of the team that I got to take care of, I started getting a little scared in doing that, but eventually overcame that, uh, that fear and uh, kind of overcame that fear by going to a Tony Robbins event, actually uh, uh, unleashed the power. I've yet yet to go to Tony Robbins event. You know what I mean? I just, I mean, he's, he's so positive and so. I don't know. I think that's too much positivity for me. I I think it's way too much. Uh, like I, I mean, I've had a team, and it's definitely it's stressful. I've had three companies with teams of fifteen and more, and I always tend to come back to affiliate marketing just because, like, man, I don't want to deal with this. This is so much drama. I left mm-hmm. the work nine to five, so I don't have to deal with office drama. You know, yeah. but it was, it was definitely definitely a pain. But go ahead, sorry for interrupting. It, 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 <laughs> but it, but it, the reason it was like what that Tony. So I thought the same exact thing about Tony Robbins events. Like, man, this guy's like gets people jumping around and like this positive thing. So the couple of friends that were involved um, with the company that we started, like I said, you know what, we hit some goals this month. We're going to go take a trip down to LA. LA is maybe like a 45 minute flight from San Jose uh, down to Southern California. We're going to take a trip down to LA and we're going to do this Tony Robbins event for four days. None of us knew what to expect, but we walk into the arena. All these people are jumping up and down, all positive. And they were like, oh, shoot, what is this? And we're kind of like looking at it a little weird and everything. And then Tony Robbins just comes and like he overcomes every objection. Like he already knows exactly what you're thinking. He already knows like, yeah, you think this is a little weird and all that stuff. And he overcomes all those objections. And after that, I didn't even realize that we were there until like 1.30 in the morning. And then we ended up walking on fire at the end of the night and all this stuff, so which that, is like- so that, that is definitely real, huh? <laughs> real, fully real. And that's actually, the reason why I say that is because that's the reason why we started growing. Now we're 24 employees strong, uh, when back then it was only two, two people and me back then. But I made the biggest decision during that time because before he has us walk on fire, he was like, hey, get with a stranger, tell the stranger, and that stranger is going to tell you why they're going to walk on fire. So I got together with this stranger, this lady uh, who I didn't know at that time, and she tells me and she starts crying emotionally saying like, you know, she lost all this weight and she's doing it for her family and like really emotions behind it. And uh, 
you know, before I talked to her, I was like, man, if my friends want to leave and like go and have dinner, cause we're in LA, we're like, oh, we're going to do like K-Town barbecue and all that stuff too. And we're looking forward to doing that that night. I was like, if they, if I look back and they want to go, I'll go along with them. But after this girl told me her, her story, I was like, shoot, I got to do it now. I got to walk on fire for her. And that's what Tony Robbins goes, okay, that person that told you the story, you're going to walk on fire with them. So we walked on fire together. And that was the biggest lesson that I learned is that, you know, I'll do more for others than I would do for myself. I wouldn't walk on fire for myself and make a change for myself. But when somebody else is involved, I'll do more for them than I'll do for myself. Even if it's a stranger, I just met like 30 or 40 minutes ago. So I took that into our team and started to reinvest in our team and saying like, instead of putting these profits in my pocket and taking care of myself, how do I get more people involved? Because the more people I get involved, the more I care about them and the more that I want to do more than I would do even for myself. And it's paid off in extreme dividends. Now, obviously you start learning different things of like, okay, when you got a bigger team, you got to start having core values in place because when you're not there, you got to have some core values that they all follow. So like our team has core values of the four P's, which is like positivity, personal growth, personal development, and pulling together where we all pull in together and we all embody those core values. So I know when I'm not there, if I'm gone for a week or two, I know there's positivity still going on. Like nobody's talking behind people's back, like being negative or anything like that. And if they do, somebody, a part of the team is going to call them out. It's not dependent on me anymore to call them out. And I know like people are working together to say like, hey, if Ruben's not here and he's the bottleneck, how do we make up for that right now? Or if somebody else on the team is not there, how do we make up for that and pull in together? So just learning a lot of the leadership principles like that. At first, in the beginning, there's a whole bunch of, you know, breakthroughs that have to be made when dealing with more people and a bigger team. But once you see kind of the difference that you make in people's lives, where we have one team member who went from being, you know, hugely in debt when we first hired him on to now being completely out of debt married and the whole entire deal and seeing him being the most positive person when he started out so negative uh just like as an inspiration of man how do we touch more people's lives in that way so now instead of saying like oh we're in affiliate marketing or we're in internet marketing or lead generation now i say we're in lead lead leadership development we develop leaders how do we develop more leaders to lead themselves lead in the company but not only lead themselves and lead in the company but lead in their lives as well with their family. Like if we can make an impact like that, that's so much better than any kind of wealth that I've experienced, you know, like first wow. buying some of the, some of the cool stuff was cool and everything buying, you know, buying the the six figure watch or buying the car and the whole entire oh, deal. Man, I, I, I was stuck in those, in those days for sure. And I mean, that's interesting that you say that because uh, that's kind of the goal we have with affiliate business club is because we want to, because I'm, I know I'm not a good teacher, right? I'm, I'm, a, I'm a better coach, right? Mm. It's the reason why I have these live chat rooms, you know, uh, more, I'd rather contribute to something that you've already started than show you a blueprint because the reason why, if I do that, I feel like you're not engaging, you're not serious, you're not doing the research enough, you right. know, and I'd rather coach you because at least you started to sprint, right? You started mm-hmm. to do some lifting. Then I can show you where you're doing what you're doing wrong. Um, and the funny part is he's saying that because I've met somebody probably just a couple of weeks ago and he's all about wealth first, mm. you know, and I told him, dude, I'm trying to show him like, dude, I'm, I've been there. Like wealth is not everything. You know what I mean? Like I travel all around the world and I'm 
I'm so glad I've, I've had experience seeing the hap the poorest of the poor kids being mm-hmm. the happiest of, of the happy, right? It's mm-hmm. so crazy to see that. Mm-hmm. And yeah. he was just arguing with me like, nah, this is, you can always have um, happiness with more money. I'm like, man, I, 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 I'm like, dude, I, I totally agree with you. I, I agree with you, but long term, it is mm-hmm. not helpful for real. No. And, and no. I think everybody almost has to experience that because I grew up um, over here where most people say is like the wrong side of the tracks, the east side of San Jose or like nobody. Hold on, might real, real quick, real quick. Businesses. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I told the person the same exact thing because he's like, he's like a, a white, super white suburban mm-hmm. type of guy and is never seen gritty. Like he thinks like down, <laughs> yeah. the, he thinks down the street where there's potholes is a ghetto. I'm like, what? No. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I understand what you're going through. Okay. Go ahead. Go ahead with that story. <laughs> and it's almost like you have to experience, you know, like living in that environment, or like you got to experience rock bottom before you could really respect the highs of everything. Because even when I started this business and started in affiliate marketing, lost the job, previously got fired, I lived on unemployment for six months. But that unemployment runs out, and supporting a kid on unemployment plus having a house and everything too it's it's tough it's not a huge amount of money in the u.s and especially in silicon valley where it's like the second highest uh, cost of living in the united states which is I think, crazy i think it costs like 300 dollars just to breathe you know what i mean yeah exactly <laughs> every every minute every minute <laughs> from here so like going through that like i went so far down that you know like i had to move back in with my parents and everything which was like the most embarrassing thing to me and move my son back in with my parents and went so far down that i went down on food stamps because i couldn't pay uh for my food and i didn't want to ask my parents for money i didn't want them to know like what i was going through so i went all the way far down on food stamps and it was the best thing that happened to me because once you hit rock bottom then you respect some of the highs that you start getting and some of the wins that you get. Like when you respect, you you can't really earn a million dollars until you learn how to respect a penny. You can't earn, you know, a dollar and really respect a dollar until you really respect how to earn a penny. And once you respect that and respect those levels, then you'll really, you know, garner the million dollars, the millions, the billions and everything too. But you got to respect that penny first. And if you don't respect it, then life will teach you how to respect it at some point. Oh, man, it definitely <laughs> does. It truly, yeah. truly does. I remember when I was like maybe five, four or three years in, I was just being, I was like one of those super cocky affiliates. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? I'd be in the club and then they'd be like, oh, this table's ticking. I'm like, well, kick him out. Here's another thousand dollars to top that table. You know what I mean? So it's like such, such stupidity but it was also fun because I, I was young obviously yep. but now it's more of like okay ian you need to make money you need to create some assets you need to figure out what mm-hmm. to do you need to put some investments it's, there's no more cars right but i, I still miss that lifestyle you know yeah what I mean? but I, I, I think I it's think just you, different you, you almost have to experience it for yourself once and then you realize like okay you know what maybe like that guy you were talking about, he just needs to experience it once. And then he experiences that. And he's like, all right, Ian was right. You know, like it really, like there is a lot more to everything uh, of life rather than just like just building and accumulating wealth. And, you know, just even respecting mentors that have been ahead of you that have already been experienced with that. That's like the power of mentorship. Like I have a great mentor 
that mentors me that's like 10 years ahead of me in in business or maybe even further from there too but he um he he's already went through the challenges so i don't have to go through it like some people have already sacrificed before you so that way you don't have to make that sacrifice you don't have to get hurt you know someone like you can teach people of like hey i already went through these challenges that you know if you go this direction these are challenges that I saw when I went that direction. So like you can avoid those by just listening to my experience. So you don't like waste my experience that I've had off of there. But I I think they're just arrogant people like I was and people were like, Hey, Ian, take this, your first hundred K and put it in the stock market or buy Bitcoin or or something. And I'm like, nah, money's forever. I'm going to go to the club. (laughs) (laughs) And you realize that money isn't forever, especially in this industry. It's a roller coaster. Mm-hmm. Like I've been through two really bad depressions in this industry and yeah. it just, it just really affected me, but I've learned, I look back, I learned, I look back. Right. But there's always a part of me that wants to be like, man, I just want to go party again. Or I just want to buy this nice watch for my reward. But now mm-hmm. I give myself goals like, okay, Ian, you reach a hundred K give yourself 20%, 20K for whatever. Mm-hmm. Right. And that is either like, you buy that one 20k watch or you put 20k into x something else or or whatnot you know what I mean? yeah and i think that's what affiliate that's what i think affiliates nowadays are doing because they're definitely much smarter than i was and several affiliates uh when i was back in 2002 uh mm-hmm. 2000 yeah, yeah 2002 ish era you know what i mean but it, now, I think now, it's probably because of like just the environment now, because like people like you and what you're putting out is a lot different than what everybody was putting out back in 2002, 2008, when oh, I got yeah. in and such too. Like what I saw when I got in was like the Ryan Eagles of the world that were like with all the bling and everything all the time. And everybody just had bling. I was like, man, these affiliates are like killing it out here. Like everybody's driving Lambos. Everybody's got all the bling. Everybody. That's all I saw. That's all I saw. <laughs> it, was, it was crazy. Cause uh, I remember one affiliate um, was like bragging about his house and I'm like, wait, this kid just started like six months, uh, like six or eight months ago. And I'm like, I'm going to buy a house. I've been in the industry longer than him. <laughs> bought a house in cash. And then I'm like, well, I don't even want a house. Like what did I buy this house for? You know, I lived in it for like two years and then gave it to my parents. I'm like, nah, that was a bad choice. (laughs) And that's the crazy part too, is like, you know, I get my biggest fulfillment now by like giving to my parents or giving to my loved ones and being able to give to like charities and contribute to causes that like really need the help. And just that feeling of writing that check to a contribute, like something that's going to contribute to either like your family or to, you know, society as some, in some way it's weird how it works. It like, it comes back to you somehow in some way it comes back to you. Like the blessings come back to you. The more that you're a blessing to others, the more that you get blessed too, which I didn't understand before. I just thought kind of like, man, this is all my money. I'm not, I'm not giving it to anybody. Can't can't be, can't be greedy. That's the thing. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I think there's enough money for everybody technically as the world or karma says, it's just the fact that are you going to be holding on to it and sleep with that bag of money or are you just going to let it freely go and let the world yeah. distribute it where it needs to be distributed? Yeah. And it's so, taken me a long time. I'm starting to learn that a lot more now. Uh, like just don't let it sit in the bank. Cause I used to just let the money. I was like, Oh man, I'm so excited to see all that money in the bank. But like my mentors have been like, 
you know, it's kind of the way that you've grown up. You've thought like, you know, put all your money under the mattress and leave it all there. You know, like a, a penny saved is a penny earned. Like you got to start putting it to work, like start putting start investing it, start working with some wealth managers that like know what they're doing. Like you have a business coach, you have a fitness coach, you need a money coach too. Yeah, you need money and, coach. Yeah, and sure. I, I think that's what everybody needs is some kind of money coach. Like once you start building a little bit of wealth that you need a money coach to tell you like what to do with your money and like where to put it and where to go and just making sure you have a good money coach that isn't, um, you know, fully incentivized to, to just give you a whole bunch and of life. Is, and that is the biggest mistake <laughs> I've made. I've made one right. mistake. And this is the problem with, uh, with my uh, personality that, there's somebody smarter than me and I'll 100% put that trust in that person right right away because you know what finance more than I am because I will literally spend that money. So I had this, uh, I guess I won't say finance coach, just one of those um, financial advisor people, right? Mm -hmm. And they were, mm -hmm. this guy was definitely incentivized to sell me shit, right? These fucking health insurance that compounds every year or whatever it's called. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And you have to deposit like 30K, 50K a month on it. And I'm like, man, this is, a lot of money and then i'm like and then i and i'm like and then i had probably three bad months i'm like dude i can't give you this 50k and he's like well this plan's gonna this plan technically will terminate if you stop the deposits mm -hmm. i'm like oh man it's not good it's not good and i already had like 430 something already in in there i actually wrote a blog mm -hmm. about this 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 mistake from uh, my one of the financial advisors i got and i when i canceled it i literally only got like 200k back because i lost the other 200 plus because I terminated within a year, a year or something. When it's a two-year uh, whole contract or something like that. But mm. man, you got. You're right. You definitely have to find a financial advisor that is, you know, is on. It's on. It's like an entrepreneur himself or herself, mm -hmm. right? Because mm -hmm. they're not incentivized to sell you life insurance plans um, or or whatnot, right? Because those plans are truly, truly shit. Unless yeah. you can really just buy them up front, there's no point of buying them as an affiliate, right? Because yep. that is the biggest mistake I, I, I've, I've done, you know. But a lot of affiliates find find these financial advisors because I know I had like mm -hmm. three or four, right? Yeah, and it's it's tough. I, I think that's the key is like uh, mentorship and going to somebody that you know already has like a good amount of wealth and has stacked a good amount of wealth and then just getting referrals from them like all the people that i've known have always come from referrals that i know like these people already are at a pretty high level and much higher level than i am so whoever they use i want to use too um so i always get referrals of like all right tell me who you use like who's your wealth manager how long have you been working with them you know like how many millions have you invested with this person? Oh, okay. Like what's the difference between that one and going to maybe like a JP Morgan or like going to, uh, you know, Merrill Lynch or something like, what's the difference? Like what's going to be the difference from there? So just being passionately curious. And uh, yeah, man, see, I, I wish I had that thought process. Cause I'm just like, I'm so busy with the media box. I'm like, here, just tell me what you need and tell me how much money you need for deposit, whatever, whatever. And then that's it. Cause I'm busy with this. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, so yeah. you come to that confusion, like, fuck, I, I really have to call, you really have to concentrate portion of your time to understand that industry. So you don't get duped. You know what I mean? But right. how do you manage and also your other business? Right. We, and plus mm -hmm. we were on a, I was on a trajectory to, to like hockey stick, one of my other companies. 
and I didn't have time to really uh, do that research or really learn uh, and all that. And that's obviously my mistake, right? But again, it's it's like, man, I don't want to deal with it. I'd rather just do mm-hmm. my stuff and, and, and go from there. And I didn't have the creativity, like what is different between a JP Morgan or, or whatnot? Mm-hmm. If you're maybe probably like 80% out of your business and it's on automated because you have like staff running campaigns or, you know, for you probably brokering uh, offers and all that, you know, then I think it makes more sense. But if you're really day in, day out grind, I think it's very, very different. I mean, yeah, I, I, I used to be super into the grind previously before too. Like, uh, I'm now my grind is in a little bit of a different way. My grind is more of just like leading and coaching our team, like pretty much all day long, because I've done every single position that that's a part of our company. I've done the media buying, like we built up enough cash flow when we're brokering offers and everything like that to where we could just run our own campaigns, build out our own offers and run it all ourselves on our own cash flow rather than using affiliates or anything like that. So once we came at that point, I was running the campaigns myself. I was launching Facebook campaigns myself, managing them and everything. And then eventually our finance manager said like, who's managing these clients? I said, me. And I said, and she goes, well, who's creating these landing pages? I said, me. And then she goes, well, who's doing the media buying stuff on Facebook? I said, me. And she was like, you got to stop doing this because with you, you're just doing way too much. We need to bring somebody on. So I took her advice and started looking for an additional media buyer, found a great media buyer. He took over the reins of everything Then he got overloaded. So we found more media buyers from there and started launching. And now we have yeah over four media buyers that are just launching nonstop on that side. And then we have operations people, technology people. And everybody so I just kept on replacing myself of like what was keeping uh, my time up and what was I becoming the bottleneck of and I just said like how do I take that off of my plate because the team needs me to lead and coach them they need me to give them coaching so how do I duplicate what I've done onto others rather than just continue to do it over and over and over so now leading them and coaching them takes up it's my new grind before it was kind of like launching campaigns until two o'clock in the morning every night and every day, but I've done it enough where I could duplicate it onto somebody else and figure out systems and processes where we just run the system. We just run the process. Now I coach the team on running the system and running the process, like almost like a football coach. Like I know the play and I've ran that play before and I can tell them where the defense is going to be every time they run that play because I've run that play previously before. So I coach them on how to run that play better and how to run it more efficiently. So then there comes a little bit of an opening where my mentors have pushed me a lot more to and saying like, you're so focused on the business and leading the coach and the people, you got to start thinking too of like, what are you going to do, you know, beyond that personally, you know, being, being young enough where, you know, like wealth accumulation is on your side and compound interest is on your side right now. Like, don't wait until you're like 50 years old and then all of a sudden start investing in compound interest isn't on your side, like just start getting, uh, getting your money right and finding a coach. And then now that like my mentors referred me to like good financial coaches and then I introduced them to the CPA who was also referred to me by another mentor. So now the CPA and the financial coach just work together. And then we just kind of like, they'll they'll fill me in on what's going on. I give them my goals of where I want to go and then just keep, they'll keep me updated of like, where are we at right now? Where are we at right now? And then just keep on sending the messages and like, all right, just send me a text message on like where we're at. If there's an emergency and we're taking a big loss, like send me a text message. But if it's not 
anything crazy, then like, let's just keep on going forward. You're the financial guy, you know, the smarts of it, just leave it in their hands from there. Now, now like, at what part of your, in your career do you like, man, I need a media buyer? Or do you like, because I'm thinking to myself, man, I kind of need a project manager, right? Mm. Uh, or do you need like a director? Like, where should an affiliate start right away? If they're, if they're scaling, they're like, oh man, I really need to duplicate myself. Is it duplicating mm. myself as a media buyer or is it duplicating myself as project manager or a director or a CEO? I think affiliate marketing and just entrepreneurship in general is the best self-improvement personal development program ever invented on earth or on the planet because you start learning so much about yourself. And I started learning about myself of like where my strong points are and where I wanted to be in the next like two or three years. I wanted to be the point where I can coach and lead people. My whole goal wasn't exactly to be a media buyer 24 hours a day, seven days a week for the next 10 or 15 years. My goal was to get to a point where I can coach and lead people and change people's lives for the better by coaching and leading them, whether it's through work or whether it's in their personal lives. So with that goal in mind, I started saying, how do I get there as fast as possible? What's taking up the most of my time? And literally just started writing down from like, 9 a.m. until 1 p.m., I'm media buying. And then from 1 p.m. until like 3, I'm coaching people. But then from 3 until like 7, 8, 9 p.m., I'm media buying again. So if I look at my day, like 70 to 80% of my day is media buying. But that's not where I want to be and not my strongest suit. Like my strength is in coaching and leading people. But I'm only doing that maybe like 20% of my day. So how do I get to more doing the leading and coaching 50% of my day, how can I get people to take over what's taking up 70, 80% of my time? So that's why I was like, okay, let's bring in a media buyer that he has a little bit of experience that I can just duplicate on what I've learned. And they're maybe better than me and they could just scale it up so much better than I would be able to scale it up. So that's where I came to that point, but it came to the realization once our finance manager was like, so who's leading the team? And I'm like, me and but everybody else like that's designing the landing page no that's me designing the landing page too like i'm working on saturday nights and i'm working on sundays too here in the office which was cool but it comes to a point where you're kind of like man i gotta i i want to spend time with my family you know i want to spend time you know with my girlfriend with my partner like i want to spend time with her like if i do this and continue to do this for the next five years man I'm be single for the rest of my life. I'll, I'll never get married and like a, a partner would never deal with this. So I mean, like, some affiliates just like to be the underground lonely person in the basement. I mean, this, this, that's, I mean, it's so crazy because I'm the very black sheep of this industry, right? Because mm -hmm. I am super active. I'm OG. I'm definitely from the streets. Like people just look like, Oh, this dude has tattoos or whatever. Right. And mm -hmm. I'm like, dude, I'm not going to beat you up. Don't worry about it. <laughs> so it's just a very different vibe in this industry. Like you nerds, so the nerds are, are in affiliate because they don't want to be known. It's just very hidden. You don't inter yeah. interact with customers. You don't have to interact with uh, products. You're basically just going through loopholes through every campaign throughout your whole life. And I mean, that's cool, but I mean, I like to talk to people. I enjoy teaching people, right? So I think you understand who you are, like you said, mm -hmm. but that is definitely a journey in itself because I know for myself, that's a huge journey right now. I'm trying to, I'm trying to see what I want in like mm -hmm. 10 years. Where am I going to be in 10 years? You know what I mean? Cause again, like right now I'm just, 
I'm just putting some money into investment now and I'm just doing more things as possible to create like more assets uh, and all that, right? Yeah. So um, let's get into how you took that revenue stream from affiliate into your ad agency and then now you're doing real estate, right? Mm. How did that portion of that, I guess, ad agency money or marketing money, since you were a real estate agent prior, prior to click marketing, mm. did it give you a huge, a good backbone to start buying? And cause you, you're, you're buying lots and building property on those, right? So, so actually I haven't really got into to real estate on that side of like investing into, into lots and uh, a lot of the properties on that side. That's actually what I'm starting to learn how to do a lot more now where like in my off time, I'm starting to look at like, okay, how does that happen? And how do you do that? I'm learning a lot about tax deductions now. Like my goal this quarter was to learn about tax deductions and learning about tax deductions. In Puerto Rico. You have a lot of depreciation stuff that, uh, you know, how do you pay zero in taxes? I live in California where the taxes are probably the highest that they ever, that they can be uh, anywhere else in the US. It's like the worst for taxes here in California. So it's crazy to see at the end of the year when you get hit with so much taxes. Now I'm learning a lot more about tax deductions and real estate is one of the best tax deductions that you have because you have the depreciation. And I haven't uh, fully engulfed it enough where I can say like, okay, let's put it into there. Uh, so that's why I just use like the financial advisor and the financial coach and say like, all right, he puts it into investments and he knows where to put it into, whether it's real estate investment trust or whether it's different stocks or different mutual funds and such too. He's handled many of my friends who are very wealthy's uh, money. So he knows exactly what he's doing. So I usually go to him to do a lot of it, but that's the whole entire key. You know, my my biggest reinvestment goes back into the business, and I continue. I mean, that that should that should be the number one thing technically, because I know here's here's my mistake again. Yeah, you know I mean, I make the money, and I'm like, oh, I can pay myself yeah. this much, and then I'm like, there's still enough money in here, and then you're like, oh wait, I gotta buy product. I have to do media buy. My media buy cost was quarter million this month, like. And then, and then you, by the time you pay yourself and you re try to scale up again, you're like, why isn't it growing? Dude, you literally just paid <laughs> yourself what you're supposed to go for scaling, right? And I, exactly. this, these are learning experience, right? Again, being the kid from like the ghetto and not mm -hmm. having financial uh, literacy yep. did not really pertain, right? So I definitely learned the hard way for sure. You know? And I yeah, think we, like you're saying, you need to have that financial mentor or uh, advisor, mm -hmm. right, to help you along mm -hmm. the journey. Yeah, we, we, we come from like very similar places too, because I grew up on the east side of San Jose, where most people would say is like the wrong side of the tracks, like nobody in my family's ever started businesses or, you know, like ever thought about doing anything like this whatsoever. My high school was so bad that uh, they had a daycare center on the high school campus because all the kids were having kids and getting pregnant, majority of the kids were having kids. So it's like, I thought that was normal until like, I started talking with some of my friends that lived on the other side of the town. And they're like, you grew up in a high school that had a daycare center. They're like, you guys didn't have a daycare yeah. center. Like it's not regular yeah, to have kids at 16. Yeah. <laughs> That's not <laughs> like, no, it was like, oh man. Wow. Like some of the stuff that I saw growing up was crazy. I, I was skateboarding growing up. So being in the neighborhood skateboarding, I saw some crazy stuff happening um, <laughs> in, during that time. So 
there was no financial literacy really like money was never talked about in our household yeah. and never really saw crazy things like an exotic car or anything like that like that wasn't fathom in our mind of having any of that and, stuff and, and, and for us it was, it was more of like a dream right and that's the reason yeah. when i made money i was like dude the stuff that i want i can get now right and that's the reason yeah. why i had like a 20k watch right and yep. a 50k watch and i had like the ferrari and the porsche and lexus and mercedes mm -hmm. right and then and then that, it's just like now i just want to travel like i really just right. enjoy traveling that's the very simplest part of traveling just mm -hmm. having to carry on and just picking up and go i mean that's what i enjoy truly truly now and, and that's what my mentor told me too. He goes, you know, um, at some point, you know, because in the beginning, just like you, I was like, oh, I'm going to buy that AP watch, you know, oh, I'll buy another one because I got to reward myself for the goal that I hit. And it's great to reward yourself because you got to tell your brain all that work you put in this month for that goal to reach that goal, like it's good. So your brain will go to work to continue to do more. But then now it's more of like, okay, got the watch, got the car and all of that stuff. Now, uh, my mentor is like, you just, you know, what life is all about is about experiences. And he's about 20 years older than me. He's like, you know, I've been through all of that stuff and life is all about experiences. So like go and take a trip, have an amazing experience on that trip. Like, you know, go to Cabo and like get a villa, just have an amazing experience there. Cause that's what you're going to remember for the rest of your life. Like that watch is like cool and everything, but it gets old. Like you only buy bigger watches and everything, but you're going to still get the same exact feeling but like the experience is going to last forever. If you go and have an experience and go take an experience and traveling, that's what's really going to last forever. So that's been a big transition yeah. of like valuing. A lot, a lot of people don't, a lot of people actually do not like experiences. A lot of people truly live in fear of like mm -hmm. the outside world. And it's so, it's it like, it saddens me to, to see that. Like you have all this money, but you're really scared to spend it or you're yep. really scared to just, go out of your comfort zone because you will lose your money. And then I'm like, damn, you're putting my money over everything. That's mm -hmm. And I'm just like, man, that's just, that baffles me so bad. Right. But I mean, I get it. Right. Yeah. I was, I was there too, but then for me, it was just, luckily my dad traveled and then I've growing up, I've seen his, his photo albums where he's been to Egypt, you know, he's been mm -hmm. all over Europe and that's just an inspiration. And I'm to, to just travel even, my brother, and my sister, they've traveled uh, as well, pretty well versed as well as I am. You know, I mean, certain countries my sister's been through that I haven't been, like Australia, uh, and wow. same with my brother, right? Uh, but I'm definitely, I probably travel. I've been to more countries than they have for sure, since I do like jumping around uh, uh, more so than anything. But so that's I mean, probably like what led you into affiliate marketing and just having like that independence. for like, man, I could just travel anywhere. And yeah, man, time, it, it, it really was. It was. My first trip was literally to Panama, and I was mm. like, "Man, this is awesome! I can do this." Then my first solo trip was to Morocco. Uh, that was my first over uh, the Atlantic, you know. what I mean, and that was that was definitely fun. And then after that, I was like, "Man, I gotta keep traveling. I just want to see new experiences, taste new foods, meet new people." But that's my personality, right? Whereas I know a lot of affiliates. They don't have that a lot. Of, I know a lot of entrepreneurs mm -hmm. that I meet. They're not like that. And this is why sometimes it's very hard for me to really catch up and talk with other entrepreneurs because they don't understand my values, right? They're very mm -hmm. stuck in their own values. 
And mm-hmm. then I'm like, oh man, I don't want to deal with this stuff. We, we don't match. We don't even match in conversation. You know? Right. So yep. Yep. it doesn't matter. Like keep your tight circles close with, with rich people, but then those rich people have to match my energy, my vibe. And it's, and it's very difficult for me to switch. Right. Cause then I feel like, oh man, I'm, I'm going to be a little fake here. And I kind of, yeah, exactly. It's, it's, you argue with yourself a lot. Right. So it, that's, that's so key too, because like, just because people have money or they're like wealthy doesn't exactly mean that they're like got good values either. Like some, some people that like I've seen, I was like, man, this guy's really at the top. And he's like, they're at a certain level. I'm like, man, that's the level I want to get to. And I start getting to know them a little bit more. And I realize, like, man, their family life really isn't in order. They've got all these enemies. They've got all these people that are after them. They always have problems all the time chasing them. Like, that's not really a life that I want to live. And our associations are everything. And when we associate with people that have a lot of those challenges in their life, eventually it starts creeping into our own life, too. And, like, it yeah. starts it starts getting you to that point where you almost want to be a hermit sometimes. You're like, man, there's a lot of challenges no. out there. Like, I'm going to stay in my cave. Like, I'm good. I'm, I'm going to not leave my, my doorstep. Yeah. I'm going to stay here. I, no, dude, <laughs> I agree. Because sometimes, like, I, I'm lucky to meet a lot of people in this industry. And I'm, luck- I'm very grateful that I can, I can pick and choose. Like, especially if I go to the Philippines, I go to Thailand, I go to South America, I can just hit up a group. And there's people that I want to chill with, right? There's people yeah. that are just, acquaint- are, just, are just acquaintances, and I don't mind that, right? But day-to-day, if I'm living in Colombia, day-to-day, I'd rather talk to these sets of affiliates or entrepreneurs mm-hmm. than these, where they're, they're just a weekend chill crew, you know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. It's, it's very, very different. And I think for the traditional affiliate or entrepreneur in itself, you need a, I don't know, like a, a, a groupie to keep you secure, to like, hey, mm-hmm. hey Ian, did you finish that campaign? Are you on point with, you know, and then not a person of like, man, forget about that campaign. Let's go out this weekend. Yeah, you need a exactly. Sometimes, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. Like we all need that personal accountability where like yeah, we got somebody yeah. that we can be accountable to of like, oh shoot, yeah, let me, get me on track. Like, hey, I'm starting to lose my focus a little bit more too. That's what I love about this industry because that's what really made me fall in love with it. I was born an introvert. So I would rather just kind of be behind the computer all day long and not really like talk to anybody face to face, but like doing uh, real estate and mortgages back in the day before uh, finding affiliate marketing, uh, it taught me how to talk to people a little bit more and getting me out of my shell. But like naturally I'm still an introvert where I kind of just want to like be behind the computer and not really talk to anybody, but then traveling a little bit more has like opened me up where I'm kind of like, Hey, some cool people to meet out there you know everybody's got a story and I love learning their stories and everybody's got a unique story that like I just want to sit there and learn more of those stories and it makes me respect my life even more when I get to experience in some of these countries of like going to Mexico even in like Cabo going out at like one o'clock in the morning and seeing this little like four-year-old kid trying to sell me gum at four years old and like man they got this, like, I can only imagine my son at four years old out at 1 a.m. in the morning on a Saturday night trying to sell tourist gum. Like, it made, me respect, it made me respect the hustle, like, so much more. Like, man, I'm so grateful for everything that I have. And I think that's what traveling really does is, like, you see how people live around the world and you realize how much more grateful you are for your, for your life and for everything yeah. that you have. I talked to another buddy of mine uh, out here in Puerto Rico, and uh, he traveled between here and Colombia. 
And then I was telling him, man, I, I love Colombia. And then I told him, like, man, the best part about Colombia is just running into these little alleys and getting lost. And he's like, man, you should be careful. <laughs> and I'm like, man, I'm so confident. My chest is all out. I don't care. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I've been through the ghetto already. I'm good. This yeah. is home for me. You know, and he's like, man, there's, there's, he's like, yo, there's really good places in Colombia that are nice that you can still enjoy them. But I'm like, man, you don't, you don't understand. You can get an amazing, gritty experience by just mm-hmm. talking to the local person, having a beer on the street, yeah. right? Instead of yeah. going to a nice bar in a nice area in Colombia, which is both really good. But him telling him a story about something, something, something is so entertaining, I think. Yeah. And, and I think, and I think a lot of people don't too. understand that. Yeah, but you're, you're like people can feed off your vibe too. Like if you're walking down that alley and you're like kind of like looking around, like scared, like people are gonna feel that vibe and they're like, hey, that guy's a little suspicious. Like something like we should go check him or oh, something. Yeah. But if you're walking around just like just confident, just regular, like hey, this is cool. I'm really respecting the place that I'm in and the environment, yeah. and it just does so much more for you. And like you keep away those bad vibes, and especially when you could just relate to everybody. That's why like. I respect so much the way that, and I'm so grateful the way that I grew up because I feel like I could re, I could relate to everybody a part of the spectrum from like the person that grew up like how I grew up or the person that is like in the wealthy neighborhoods that grew up with everything and all that. Like, I feel like I can relate to all of them because of the way that I grew up, especially being here in the Bay Area. We're so diverse. We have everything here in the Bay Area and Silicon Valley. It's, it's crazy. When, when I go to other parts of the world, I really realize how diversified we are here in Silicon yeah. Valley. No, dude, it's it crazy. And people think America is broken. I'm like, the only reason why it's broken is because we're so diversified, right? Yeah. You go to, you go to Thailand, everybody's Thai. Everybody yeah. knows their culture. <laughs> Everybody knows how to treat, you know, the trans uh, women and yep. stuff. They have these expectations, right? You go to the yep. Thai, same thing. You go to, you know, but people are like, oh, America's the greatest. I'm like, we are, but you guys are making it shit right now. You know what I mean? But, <laughs> exactly. That's, that's another topic for it to discuss. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. We, we, can, we can't control what other people do. The only thing we can control is our reaction to it and what we do specifically ourselves. And I think a lot of people have challenges with that. I had challenges with that previously. Before. I mean, I'm still having challenges with that right now. Like I was saying earlier, mm-hmm. like as I mean, affiliate marketing for me is a roller coaster, right? Money in, money mm-hmm. out. I can, I literally can lose like 100k tomorrow and like and not yeah. do work for like a month because i'm so depressed right yeah but yep. you just have to kick yourself up and i think that's the nature of this industry that i signed up for and mm-hmm. i think you people affiliates need to understand that i mean you just really have to push yourself and having a mentor mm-hmm. having the right people around you, you yep. know, from media buying team or a project manager or a financial advisor or several mentors right uh are important because uh, you need that accountability somebody to push you somebody to basically push you against the wall and be like what are you going to do now right that's right and that's the thing that's needed right a lot of people say and, stuff is easy but it isn't you know? mm, no and i think that's where like a lot of your core values really come out like your personal core values of what you stand for because there's the ups and downs all the time no matter how great somebody is or how great somebody's doing there's always the ups and downs to deal with, but if you got your core values in place, like you know very well that things are gonna be better tomorrow. Like things are gonna be better the next day. You know, like maybe I took the L today, but tomorrow is a new day and I'm starting it completely fresh. Or maybe I'm on a winning streak and tomorrow's a new day to get that winning streak to another level. 
It's like every day is a new day when you have those core values in place of what you stand for. It really can bring you to your knees to the point where you're like, all right, I got to have like some strong faith that things are going to be way better than they are right now because they always will be. It's just about having that positive mental attitude all the time and yeah. making sure you stay positive. The thing is, all. mental attitude is very, very hard to control. Mm-hmm. I mean, it took me a long time to really turn that shit on and off. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Because uh, there are days, like I remember my first uh, loss as an affiliate. I was like, man, was it was me quitting my job a mistake? Or was, it, was I being an affiliate just by luck? Right. And then I was questioning myself, my abilities and all this stuff. And then I was like, nah, 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 nah. Let, mm-hmm. let me, I don't want a job. I don't want to work. I don't want to work. I don't want to work. And that just kept me up, kept me up. And then obviously I have like my Asian parent telling me that, nah, you need to go yeah. get a job. I'm like, no, I'm not doing it. I'm not getting a job. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that was my motivation. <laughs> yeah. And I think Steve Jobs said it best too, where he said something along the lines of like, you can never um, see the path by looking forward. You could always see the path by connecting the dots that were behind you. So basically, like you start looking at how your path has really led you to where you're at and it's going to lead you to where you're going. You start looking at like, man, the way that I grew up, actually, that all happened for me. Nothing happened to me. I used to think in like the victim attitude where it's like my attitude was, man, I'm such a victim. Like, how come I grew up in this neighborhood? Like, how come I didn't grow up with like parents like that? Like that one, they, they have it so easy and like, you know, it wasn't so so hard for them like why did i change sucks right right and it's like playing the victim all the time then i started realizing like shoot all this stuff happened for me i'm so glad that i grew up like that like it all happened in that path for me like i'm so glad the girl that i knew for three or four months had my son because when i was building my business i looked to him of like man i would never have discovered affiliate marketing if he weren't born if i wouldn't have met that girl that didn't work out like and he wasn't born, I would never have discovered affiliate marketing. And I wouldn't have this business that we have today if he weren't born. So every time I look at him, I'm like, man, even when I was on food stamps, I would look at him and like, man, this kid was born for a reason to point me in this direction. Even when I was getting job offers and everything, and I could have used those jobs, like they were going to pay me six figures. And I was over here on food stamps with my son, live with my parents. Like I really could use that job right now. But I looked at him, I'm like, man, this kid was born for a reason to point me in this direction. And when you look back at like some of the stuff that has happened at that time when he was born, I was like, shoot, I don't even know how to be a dad. I got 300 bucks in my pocket. Like, what the heck am I going to do? And now I look yeah. back at him and every time I look at my son, I'm like, man, I can't believe it. you're an absolute blessing in my life. And he, he maybe he won't understand until he gets older. He's 12 years old now. Maybe he won't understand until he gets older. But man, oh, he, damn. I, I, I thought you were going to be like. Hey, why is your campaign down, buddy? Why are you down $100? Yeah. You, you're not you're my son. Work. He's next. He's next. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Work next. Exactly. You know what I mean? Well, we're coming up soon on our on our podcast here. But we had a really good conversation, Ruben. That is, sure. uh, that's like some really good storytelling. I'm glad that we were able to connect again. I mean, I didn't even know we had all this comparison uh, together yeah. on this stuff. So it's been a long time since we last chatted. So yeah. But. Dude, and I'm so grateful for you. You're you're that inspiration back in 2008. And what's crazy too is I said, you know what? Uh, when I got into 2008 and became obsessed about this industry and saw this industry for the first time, I said, you know, I don't know who these guys are, but I want to know them. But I don't want to just know them, but I want to be friends with them. And 
it's crazy to see where we are now that we're we're friends now and at that time you were just the guy that was blogging and i saw on wicked fire all the time i was like man i gotta be friends with this guy and dude look at us now i got picked on i got picked on multiple times (laughs) i had several memes made out of me you know Oh, but, but you get attention. Look at people know you. There's there's those like bedroom affiliates that nobody knows yeah. because like they wanted to hide. They didn't really like want to comment on anything. They don't want to throw themselves out there. So like those actually help you get a lot more attention where more people even know you. So it's like either either you know me or you don't know me. But like now you're going to know me. You, you know me or you hate me. But either way, you still know me. <laughs> yeah, dude. I mean, I, I remember having the first meetup from Wicked Fire with mm-hmm. a couple of Wicked Fire guys and they were just testing my skills. I don't know if you know Ad Hustler, Brandon, yeah, yeah, this, yeah, guy, yeah. this guy, uh, we first met and he's like questioning me about P- Google PPC. And he's like, uh, he's, I don't know if he was questioning me just to prove if I know what I was talking about. Cause you know, you meet some of these affiliates that you, they talk a lot of shit and, and you're like in yep. your head, like, oh man, that math doesn't work. You're just making that shit yep. up. Right. Yep. And he was, I think he was testing my skill and he's like, oh, okay, you're legit. You're legit. I'm like, yeah, of course. You're legit. <laughs> earn that respect. Earn that respect. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> well, that was a good conversation, man. I really appreciate sure. it. Thanks for uh, staying on this podcast. And for everybody out there, uh, thank you for listening in. Hopefully, there was a lot of lesson learned here. I know I've taken a lot from this conversation for sure. Uh, just reminiscing on the past, uh, basically segmenting myself how, where I'm at now specifically, because it does help that you, your past is, your past is your path to success, right? Mm-hmm. That makes sense, right? And Ruben, thank you again for really bringing that positivity and the energy and that's speaking the truth out here. So, and again, guys, appreciate it. And uh, thanks for listening in, guys. We'll talk soon.